Thank you for joining us today. As we continue this vital series on a call to holiness, consider these questions. What does it mean to live holy? How do we live holy as Christians? Why must we live holy? If we are to affect the world for the kingdom of God, we must maximize our effectiveness by meeting God's requirements for kingdom living and kingdom building. Listen closely as Pastor Rander ministers to our hearts, minds, and souls. Remember to have your Bible pen and paper handy as you will want to take notes. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16 is our text. And the scripture reads, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And again, we are preaching from the theme, a call to holiness, a call to holiness. What does it mean to live holy? Since God calls us to live holy, then it is critical for us to know what it means. To be holy is to live a life that is consecrated to God. To be holy is to live a life that is separated exclusively to Christ for his divine purposes honor and glory. Holiness. One whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through continual confession of sins. A holy person lives a clean life. What does it mean to be holy? It is to be just. A holy person is one who is chaste, one who is righteous, A a holy person, a holy man, woman, a boy, a girl is one who is righteous and godly. What does it mean to be holy? This is one whose life has been harmonized, aligned and conformed to the word of God. Again, this is one whose life is harmonized, aligned and conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness in conduct and character. This is a critical uh, definition of what it means to be holy. Matter of fact, you don't even hear the word holy nowadays. You don't hear the word holiness. When when is the last time you heard the word moral purity? When is the last time you heard the word purity? When is the last time you heard the word just? When is the last time you heard the word chaste? When is the last time you heard the word righteous? When is the last time you heard the word godly? It is quite foreign in the culture in which we live today. And if we as a congregation and Christians are going to be holy, we need to discover those words again. We need to rediscover those words and refocus on those words if we're going to give attention to holiness and what it means to be holy. With that being said, how do we live holy as Christians in an unholy world? How do we live holy as Christians? Number one, beloved, if you don't genuinely love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, mind, and soul and strength, you will struggle to live the holy life. 
If you don't genuinely love the Lord with all of your heart, then you will struggle to live a holy life. Matthew 22, 37 through 38 says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. My friends, it is one thing to say you love God, but it is quite another thing to genuinely love Christ with all of your inner being. When you say all of your heart, mind, soul, strength, that is saying that you love God with all of your inner being. When you love Jesus, you will have an unwavering love for him. You will be grieved when you offend God. You will have deep regrets for your sinful behavior. I mean, you cut somebody out and feel good about it, then something is really wrong with your relationship with God. When you're holy, you will have an inner longing to be reconciled back to Christ. You don't want to be estranged from God. You want to be reconciled with God. You want to have a right relationship with God. You want to be intimate with God. There's an inner longing to be relational with him. My friend, do you really love the Lord? Do you really love the Lord? My friend, do you really love the Lord if you can comfortably sin without any remorse? If you... You don't really love the Lord if you can sin. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't grieve your heart. It doesn't disturb you. You can go on and eat beans and rice and catfish and burp and go to bed and could care less. Then something is wrong with your relationship with the Lord. Uh, what does it mean to live holy? How do we live holy as Christians? Number two, apart from practicing self-denial. Say self-denial. Say it again. You don't, that's another word you don't hear. We need to rediscover that word, self-denial. You cannot live holy. Apart from practicing self-denial, you cannot live holy. Matthew 16, 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to, to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, says Jesus. So many believers desire to live the successful Christian life, but they allow instant gratification and self-gratification to interfere with God's will for their lives. They can't defer gratification because they want whatever they want, however they want it, right now. One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Self, to be self-disciplined is to be self-controlled. As a matter of fact, according to Galatians 5, 23, one of the fruits of the spirit is self-control. Success starts with self-denial. Where there is no self-denial, there will be no holiness or success. It starts with denying ourselves, you know, not yielding to whatever our fleshly desires want. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse 27, a also says, I discipline my body and bring it under strict control to be successful. One must be self-disciplined. Now, a lot of folk want to be successful, but they don't want to be self-disciplined, which means you must not allow things like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, Periscope, the Internet, cell phone, television, entertainment and relationship with other folk to dominate your life. And some of you can't get uh, 
uh, make progress in your relationship with Christ because you have too many people running interference on what God is calling you to do. You can, there are some people need to be dismissed out of your life. Some, some of you know too many people. You, you're available to too many people. You, uh, some, the reason you can't make progress, you got too many friends on Facebook. I don't know why you calling your friends. All those folks not your friends. I'm going to befriend them. You're, you're just doing something. Those folks, what you call yourself doing? Yeah, but come on. Come on. Just get in trouble. Just get stranded on the street and see where those folks come and help you fix your flat. You better call AAA or something. <clears throat> it's relationships. Some of you are in wrong relationships. It's relationships that's going south. And it, it's to your own spiritual detriment, my friend. And we, we must allow, not allow these things to dominate us and keep us from reaching our personal goals and making spiritual progress in our lives. Thirdly, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to live holy and overcome sin. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to live holy and overcome sin. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Apart from the Holy Spirit enablement, it is impossible to live holy and glorify Christ. You need the inner working power of the Holy Spirit, the person and power of the Holy Ghost. You must be willing to surrender your will to God and allow him to flush out anything that will prevent the Holy Spirit from being in control of your life. To live holy, we must be filled with the indwelling Holy Spirit. To live holy, we must love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. To live holy, we must deny ourselves and follow Christ no matter what the cost. If we say we are living holy, any and all sin we commit will be convicting and we will be compelled to sincerely confess and repent of our sins and seek forgiveness and cleansing from Almighty God. As Christians, we are called to holiness. Ask yourself this question, where do I stand? Anything that will prevent the Holy Spirit from being in control of your life, you, you need to flush it out, such as pride, a selfish ambition. You need to flush out ill motives, hidden agendas, self-centeredness, anger, bitterness, and worry, just to name a few. When the Holy Spirit is in control of your life, he will restrain the works of the flesh, which enables us to live holy as we live our lives to the glory of God. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry. You make idols out of almost anything people do. Sorcery, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. There are people that scream at their husbands, scream at their wives, scream at their children, children screaming and yelling at parents. There are folk who scream and yell in churches with no sense of reverential fear for Almighty God, even in the house of God. Selfish rivalries. There are kinfolk who are rivaling, striving against one another. There are rivals, arch rivals, dissensions and factions, envying, murder, drunkenness, carousing, and similar things. You say, well, you didn't call mine, and similar, similar things, and such things. 
things that you didn't, that I did not call, similar things, and the likes. I am warning you, as I had warned you before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. My friend, are any of these things in this list, are you succumbing to them? Number four, being in the presence of God convicts us of our own sinfulness. Being in the presence of God convicts us of our own sinfulness. Luke chapter five, verses four through eight says, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. What, what you mean? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Verse six. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Verse seven. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat. Both look they, and look and they came and filled both the boats, both the boats so that they began to sink. Sink or what? All the fish because they obeyed Christ. Verse eight. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me. I am a sinful man. Oh, Lord. There are three significant things I like to say as it relates to this text. And they're all in this verse, uh, in this particular passage. First of all, obedience to Christ results in blessings from him. Obedience to Christ results in blessings from him. It's right in the text. Verse six says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Breaking of what? So many fish. Why? Because they obeyed God. You, you, you saw up there, he, he said, he said, lunch out into deep and let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. And, uh, and just think, if he had not obeyed God, he would not have seen so many fish come into that boat. Obedience to Christ result in blessings from him. Uh, B, secondly, when you love and obey the Lord, those associated with you get blessed as well. Now, that's a big one. When you love and obey the Lord, those associated with you get blessed as well. Well, you see that in verse seven, it says, so they signal so many fish coming in. Their boat was sinking. Matter of fact, if they tried to take them on in, take, take them all in. I believe they would sink. The blessings would have sunk their boat. So they signal to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came. Oh, they, you bet you they came. And filled both the boats so that they began to sink. So not only did Peter and their boats, uh, their boat began to sink, but even those, the partners, their boats began to sink as well. Let me tell you something. I only run, want to run around and hang in close proximity to those whose lives are being blessed. Those who obey God, those who want to do the right things. And those who are right before the Lord, I don't want to just stay. I don't want to stay close to those who are wicked and foolish and uh, and acting crazy, because when God begin to strike, I may get that lick, too. Why don't you say amen? 
You hang with the blessed, you'll get blessed. Matter of fact, when you're blessed, those who are connected with you, hang around you, close proximity to you, they get blessed because you blessed. And they don't even know they're blessed because you blessed. Oh, that's a wonderful principle, my friends. So be be mindful of that. When you love and obey God, those associated with you get blessed as well. Those in your house get blessed. Those in the church get blessed. Those in your ministry get blessed. Those in your family get blessed. I want to hang around him. I want to hang around her because the blessings and favor of God is upon that person. But if that's a fool, I don't care if my first cousin, third cousin, my frat brother. Listen, get away from him. That's right. Don't just hang out with the ungodly, especially if they're doing something that's going to be detrimental to you. Why don't y'all say amen? Some of y'all love these people so much you can't move and they sink in your life. That's why you all messed up in the head. See, only when Peter realized that he was in the presence of a holy God. Listen, only when Peter realized that he was in the presence of a holy God, was he stricken with conviction of his own sinfulness and cried out in utter desperation. Again, only when Peter realized that he was in the presence of a holy God, was he stricken with conviction of his own sinfulness and cried out in utter desperation. Verse eight says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Let me tell you something. The closer you get to God, the more sin is revealed in your life. Have you ever begun to read the Bible and all of a sudden the Bible says something in a passage and you know that's you all over? And you have to stop. You can't even go any further because you all messed up. You, how many ever had that to you? You, you start repenting and convicting. You, you get a thought on conviction and you, you start crying out for the mercy of God. Lord, that's me. I can't read another verse until I get right with you with the verse where I am. At this point, it was not about catching fish when, when Peter said, depart from me. It was not about catching fish at this point, but it was about being in the presence of a holy God, which brought about a reverential fear of him. My friend, are you ever in the presence of God long enough to be convicted of your own sinfulness by the holiness of God? The more you hang around the word of God, the more conviction come upon you, the more determined you are to live holy. You will have a reverential fear of God. God will take you to new levels in him because of your falling under conviction. Uh, Allow me to transition. Why must we live holy? Why must we live holy? Number one, we we must live holy because we belong to Christ by creation and salvation. We must live holy because we belong to Christ by creation and salvation. Uh, First Corinthians chapter six, verses 19 and 20 says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own? Verse 20, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, your body, your hands, your eyes, your feet, your your toes, your, your ears, your tongue. Glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Your body belongs to God by creation and salvation. Anything you do for Christ is in vain and futile if your temple, which is your body, is defiled by sin. Anything you do for Christ is vain and futile if your temple, the body, the physical body, is defiled by sin. As God's purchased possession, and that we are, because he purchased us with his own blood. 
That's right. He shed his blood that we would be saved. And because we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal savior, well, he owns us. He purchased us out of the slave market of sin by his own blood. He paid a high price to purchase our salvation. As God's purchased possession, when you when you are keenly aware that he owns you, then it is your obligation to yield your body to Christ as an instrument in the hands of God to, to do whatever he desires you to do. I say it again, as God's purchased possession, when you are keenly aware that he owns you because he purchased you with his own blood, then it is your obligation to yield your, the entirety of your body to Christ as instruments of his to do whatever God desires to do with you. Uh, why must we live holy? Number two, the word of God commands us to live holy. Leviticus 19.2 says, speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. In other words, we live holy because we have been instructed by our Lord to live holy. You say, why should I live holy? Because the Lord told you to do so. Because God is holy and he's telling us to be holy and he's not fuzzy with that. It's a command. It's very instructive. Number three, why must we live holy? The Lord hears those who are holy. The Lord hears those who are holy. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. In other words, the Lord does not hear those who are contaminated by sin. Sins of the tongue, sins of the eyes, pornography, sleeping with somebody you're not married to. Uh, on all such things, heinous sins, heinous sins, degrading sins. Holiness removes all barriers to our prayer life. Holiness removes all barriers to our prayer life. When God hears our prayers, he empowers us to serve him to the maximum of our uh, potential. You want God to hear your prayer? Then you need to be at harmony with your husband and with, with your wife. You cannot be fussing and hollering and screaming at each other, rolling your eyes, not talking, using sign language, using your children as a messenger between the two of you. And then say, oh, Lord, I need this. Lord, have mercy. Lord, say, I'm not hearing you. Go, go and make it right with your wife. Go get right with your husband. Go get right with, with your in-laws. You, you go, go, go make up. Go make up. Oh, y'all looking at me. I'm going to help you out. Repeat after me. I, I must, go must go and make up. And make up. If, I'm that, if I'm going to do that, I must deny myself. I must deny myself. And, that, and that I really don't want to do. Really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very, very important. That you do that. You must deny yourself. You, not, you have to deny yourself. Let me tell you something. It is, number four, it is the will of God that we live holy. It is the will of God that we live holy. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses three through five, verses seven and eight says, for this is the will of God. Underline that for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. There it is all over the Bible. 
You see, everywhere I look, it's sexual immorality, sexual immorality, sexual immorality. You know why? Because it's embedded in the fiber of our society. You can't cut the television on and there are two people in the bed. People are naked, half naked, all the way naked. Uh, people are crazy naked. It's all on the cell phone. It's everywhere. It's, they, they, they got so little on, they, might, they may as well be naked. It's just enough. And then they wonder why so much rape is up. Stop enticing these folk. Dress yourself up. Have some self-respect. Have some dignity. Have some spiritual pride about yourself. Have some reverential fear. Don't say, when you have dress and splits going all the way up and V going all the way down, you're saying I'm available and somebody gonna take you up on it. Mamas and daddies, you ought to tell your children you going out. You you too loose to be going out like that. It's not just these girls; it's these boys too. These jeans are so tight you can't even grab them. They they just tight. Ain't no slack in them. They doing that on purpose. They want they want you they want they they want you to see their physiqueness. They wear these body shirts because they want you to they're bulging. They want you to look. It's all about the me syndrome. You better cover yourself up. We got enough trouble without you inviting sin in your life. You're going to live holy, dress holy, dress holy. As we choose to live holy each day of our lives, Satan will seek to destroy us and our testimony. That's his goal. We have a goal, too, to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus and finish well. As we live for our Lord and Savior, though we are weak, we become strong. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.